AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. With the markets and the offices and government closed for Christmas, it's time to get caught up with some of the interesting stories that we've collected this fall. We'll talk cattle health, precision ag, and living in an ESG economy. But there is one market that we need to talk about. Machinery Pete is here with his weekly update. Live, sort of, on the next day of Christmas via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. We have more coverage from NAFB Trade Talk featuring Dr. John Davidson of Bowringer Ingelheim, Matt Olson of John Deere, and Craig Breckus of UPL. And it wouldn't be Monday without Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler, and yes, Davis Michelson is here too. And of course, so is the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Joe. Thank you, Big Apple. Appreciate it. You know what today is in Canada, right? The next day of Christmas? Uh, the day after Christmas or Boxing Day. Ooh, Boxing Day. Boxing Day, of course. Yeah, as I understand it, um, it's the day that you take all, everything that you got as gifts. The stuff you don't like, you put it back in a box and you take it back to the store. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway to our canadian friends happy boxing day and to all of you merry christmas glad that you are joining us on this day after christmas 2022 the next time that i say something like the day after it's going to be in 2023 but of course we we're, we're adjusting the schedule on the show here just a little bit because we've got to get an update from greg peterson machinery pete he joins us right now Greg, Merry Christmas, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. Merry Christmas to you, too. Yeah, excellent, excellent. We've got uh, some Christmas gifts that we can talk about here coming up in just a little bit. Uh, and I am looking forward to that conversation, no doubt about that. But uh, let's let's go ahead and get to it, man, because this is such an active time of the year. Uh, let's get to the pick of the week. What do you got? Yeah, December has been extremely aggressive out there in the auction market with good used equipment pricing uh, continuing to to lift higher unbelievably. And uh, again, tough to get one example, but if you press me, my pick of the week this uh, week or from last week would be a 2004 John Deere 7720 tractor, mechanical front, 2,168 hours. This sold on an online consignment auction last Tuesday night by our friends at Wilson National out in Ohio. And this tractor belonged to Bob Suver out of New Carlisle, Ohio. It's a one owner rig, again, a 04 model, 2168 hours, a 7720. And the hammer price on it was 107,500 bucks. You tack on the, the online buyer premium and you're up to 110,728 bucks, which same deal, record price. And interesting to note, it was just over 8,700 over the record which was set nine and a half years ago on a 7720. That came out of Dewberry, Alberta, Canada, 102,000 bucks for an 06 model that had 2,516 hours and a 746 loader. So the one that sold last Tuesday, no loader. and No loader. 110, 728. So it was a fantastic sale. 
Oh, man. You know, it's just, it just more evidence of how strong the market is going into the end of the year. There's not a lot of time left in 2022 for for yeah. if you're looking to spend some money and buy a, a piece of equipment. Not a lot of time left, but it, it's happening right up to the end of the year, isn't it? Yeah, sprint to the finish line. Uh, yeah. Year-end tax-motivated buyers for good condition used iron. Uh, so, like I say, the prices have just been exceedingly strong. I did find this sale interesting, Chip. A couple okay. of reasons. One, it was an evening online auction by Wilson National. I'm seeing a lot more okay. of that start to take place. Evening online auctions. I know auction companies are feel really strongly either way about it, and there's no wrong answer. But I'm just seeing more sales, and I, I guess I'd have to report the pricing. You know, is definitely not weaker. Um, right. You know, so that I found interesting. The other piece on that one was the auction company, Wilson National. I know Mark and Brandon uh, many years. They're fantastic. But they did something really smart. They reached out in advance, and they and Brandon said, Pete, could I send you a preview video? Uh, nothing fancy, sure. but he just stood in front of the tractor, the 7720, with the owner and the seller, Bob Suver. It's a one-owner tractor. And Brandon just said, hey, Bob, tell me about it. Yeah. And, you know, Bob just he talked about it, how he used it, you know, nothing fancy. But – from a data standpoint, which I, that's what I do. I collect these auction prices. When you do that in advance yep. and have a personal video of the seller representing the item, yep. I'm telling you, our data screams just like this one, 110, yep. 728, huge premium. So I think yeah. we're just on the forefront of you know beginning yep. to think about marketing used equipment, whether it's for sale by owner, auction, even on the dealer lot, you know, put the owner in front of it and just be real. Just tell me about it. If it's got issues, right. just say it. It's worth more money when you do that. You know, it's credibility and it's security for the buyer is, yep. is what I think that brings to the whole thing. Yep. It's an impersonal world we live in, but egg yeah. and machinery is farming is still personal. And again, yep. I just, I've seen this. So we're actually working with our auction partners, trying to advise them, you know, Hey, and a lot of it, it's coaching. You have to get them comfortable with like doing a video. And I keep telling the guys and even the, the owners, when you're selling, don't worry about this thing being Hollywood. Just yeah. take your cell phone. Just talk to me into the phone, which you watch the video, by the way, that preview video that Brandon uh, Wilson sent me, that's 10,000 views on it in a couple of days before the auction. So, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're trying to sell Man. something and the goal is to get more money for it, to yeah. not do that, Right. It's, it's just yeah. kind of negligence. But it's a little, um, yeah, exactly. It's a little bit of work for a big return. Yeah, right. Plus the fact yeah. that that video will live forever and it's Wilson National. So their brand name is out there for yep. people in North Dakota that don't know them. I know them and I know how good they are. And people in Ohio know how good they are. Right. So it's right. good from a brand perspective. So it's just a powerful tool that I think we'll see a lot more use of. Yep. Yep. And you know, the other thing that caught my ear is you were talking about your pick of the week here in this record price on the 7720 another consignment sale record price so yeah um it, it's uh the consignment yeah, sales be, are right there yeah it used to be it had to be a retirement or a state sale but that's right that's been blown out the door the last two years it's just if it's up for sale right. if it's the right tractor price is high well i know what you had on your christmas list i'm kind of wondering if you got <laughs> the wonder boy x100 uh folks if <laughs> the wonder boy x100 if you didn't catch the blog i wrote or the facebook twitter post check it out it's uh just go to machinerepeat.com but i stumbled across this picture 
This thing is actually a, a futuristic uh, experimental concept lawnmower in 1957 by Simplicity Manufacturing. And the picture of it is unbelievable. I thought it was a Photoshop when I saw yeah. it, honestly, Chip. But I started researching. I'm like, God, this thing was, you know, they, it was a concept. Now, they never produced it. But folks, you got to go see this picture. I posted it on Facebook and it had it hit 2 million people in a day because it's so, Jeez. it's just so future. It looks like from the cartoon, the Jetsons, it's not it's a, a smiling dad. <laughs> it's well, it's, it's a yard amazing. appliance. It's, yes. That's a, in the brochure. It actually says the all purpose yard appliance. It's a big glass bubble yep. with a, with a joystick and air conditioned, but rear engine. So I look at it and I'm thinking, and also it had a rate. It said it had a radio, Wow. Powered telephone in it. Oh, so, I mean, this thing, the engineers at Simplicity in the late 50s were like decades ahead of That's what right. was possible. That's right. Greg, oh, we cool. are out of time. We're out of time. But hey, buddy, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you, bud. Yeah, you as well. We'll talk to you All soon. All right. Davis stops by next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Welcome back to AgriTalk on this day after Christmas 2022. Thanks for spending some time with us. You know, Davis Michelson is here with us. Davis. Yes. Hello. Yeah. You know what? He's been working really hard with a very talented group to bring a little extra Christmas cheer to the day away from work and from the markets. What do you got? Well, that's right. The uh, AgriTalk Men of Song have uh, had put together a Christmas album of some of their favorites, sort of reimagined for this holiday season. Let me go ahead and roll one of those cuts. Where I wanted to stay Was all booked up with tourists Until the next day Rapid City to all Through Kadoka and on Until two bright sombreros Cast inviting light Motel 
The oh, Aquatuck Mint of Song. Um, obviously, beautiful. there's there's a story behind that. I'm I'm not sure quite what it is, but I think you know the hotel that they're talking about. You might I, even I remember might. the event that inspired the song itself. I'm really proud of the yes. boys this year. Good work. Good work. Don't put that guitar too far away. I want to hear some more of this. Roger that. So, all right. Hey, I recently had a chance to talk with the folks at Boehringer Ingelheim about taking care of young cattle. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Bovine respiratory disease. It has. Uh, it is a, a problem throughout the cattle industry. Joining us now to talk about those BRDs is Dr. John Davidson, Senior Associate Director Cattle Professional Services at Bowringer Ingelheim. Uh, Dr. Davidson, welcome to Agritalk. Thank you, Chip. Appreciate the being here with you today. All right. BRDs. Which cattlemen need to be concerned about BRDs? When we think of respiratory disease in cattle, it, it affects every stage and level of production in, in some beef and dairy. But So your answer is... Everybody that's in the cattle business needs to be worried about bovine respiratory disease. Okay, so let, let's start it off at the base and, and go to that cow-calf producer. And I'm thinking about the guy that's running out on the range. I'm talking about guys that for the last, what, three years have been dealing with drought. In those dry conditions, do we do we still need to be concerned about the BRDs? Even more so. When, when we see cattle that have been reared in the drought-stricken areas, their immune system actually is, is oftentimes less functional because they, the trace mineral deficiencies, the, the vitamin deficiencies, protein energy levels are, are generally reduced relative to the times where we have plentiful rain, plentiful forage, and so on. All of those things mean that, that animals are, are less likely to respond as strong as we would like to vaccination. They, if they are being treated for respiratory disease with an antibiotic, uh, the, the role of the antibiotic is to hold off that infection until the immune system of that animal can then take over. So if the immune response is weak, either one to vaccine or, or two, just as they're trying to fight respiratory disease, even with the, the additional benefit of an antibiotic, it, it limits and lessens their, their strength of their response. And so in a drought period, we do see an uptick of respiratory disease. We see cattle not respond as well to antibiotic treatment, and it's, so it, it's a concern for everyone. Okay, now when we're talking about that range animal, are we most concerned about the calf or the cow? Well, I think we look at it in terms of the opportunity that we have. In the cow-calf setting, that is actually where we've got to put greater emphasis on preventing respiratory disease that we see when the cattle move through market channels, go to the stalker, and then go to the finishing period. So the cow-calf level is where we need greater buy-in on recognizing that BRD is an industry problem. Yeah. And, and so the opportunity to prevent disease at the cow-calf level by matching the right vaccines for the right pathogens. And, and when we think about the viral diseases and the, the bacterial elements, uh, such as Mannheimia hemolytica, or formerly known as Pastorella, yeah. vaccinating that calf is a critical component to getting that calf prepared for the challenges that will come as soon as that calf is weaned, maybe preconditioned or not, certainly going to be marketed and then uh, under new ownership and, and maybe several hours away. Yeah. You know, and with the with lack of grass out there, a lot of those lightweight calves are going straight from the cow into a feed yard situation. 
if they're going in with a BRD, that is stress city, isn't it? Absolutely. And we, the, the lighter the calf, the greater yeah. the, the greater the risk. And then that's what we've seen in the drought is that we don't have the opportunity to push the cattle to heavier weights before they go into a backgrounding yard or, or a finishing yard. And so that that is it. It, it, it creates more pressure on every stakeholder involved and from everybody from the the pen riders to the hospital crew trying to do their level best to keep these cattle cattle healthy and performing to the way that we expect okay i don't know exactly how to ask this question dr davidson but if a calf if a calf has a brd that goes untreated for a period of time and it's and it's a problem for that animal his efficiency or that calf's efficiency from that point forward is lower than if that BRD was managed to begin with, right? You have picked up on something that I, I like to address just about every time I speak on BRD to producers, veterinarians. For example, if you compare cattle and horses, two comparably sized large animals, yeah. the, the, the bovine will have a much smaller set of lungs, relatively speaking, much smaller relative to the horse. In, in fact, and, and then the, to, to compound that fact, their oxygen requirements, because of the ruminant function, their demand on oxygen is two and a half times greater than your everyday horse. So any insult in that bovine lung, even if we, we have a, a brief respiratory event that we get on top of very quickly and treat it with the right antibiotic, any scarring or damage in that lung, in that calf, is going to ultimately affect its ability to gain and perform. And we know, and this has been documented in the scientific literature and in, 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 the, in the closeouts, but cattle that get sick in, the, in any time in the production uh, will generally have a, a less uh, performing, a weaker performing carcass at the, you know, from a cons consumer experience standpoint. I hadn't thought about it that way. But uh, that makes an incredible amount of sense uh, thinking about that going forward. Talk about me, take me over to the dairy side for just a bit and that replacement heifer and, and give me the same kind of analysis. What, what happens to that heifer if she has a BRD when she's a cow? Similar phenomenon, but we, we're obviously looking at a different production metric, but now we're talking about milk production and yield and so on. But dairy cattle, when they have respiratory disease early in life, and again, this is something that's also documented in, in animal science and dairy science, but that, that dairy heifer that has respiratory disease early in her life will have lower lifetime production just because of the, the impact that it has on her ability to be efficient. So respiratory disease is critical. And like we said, beef or dairy, it really doesn't matter. And the emphasis needs to be on preventing that disease to, at the outset. Okay. So let's cover that real quick. Talk to me about that treatment, that management plan from, from early on. So early on, the, the opportunity to prevent through vaccination has got to take on increasing importance. When I was in veterinary school over two decades ago, the, the challenge at the time was, what do we do with these cattle that have maternal antibodies circulating? So we, we get the, the, the beautiful thing about colostrum is any, anything that that adult female gets or exposed to through vaccination, natural disease exposure, conveys to that calf through the, the yep. miracle of colostrum, right? Yep. So then um, what happens when we vaccinate cattle that have high circulating antibodies? 
when I was in school, I was taught that, that those, uh, those antibodies would wipe out vaccine. We now know that that's not true, and that's probably been one of the better advancements in preventive health in the, in the beef and dairy cattle world in, in the last several years is the, the, the discovery and the proof through scientific research that you can vaccinate a young calf in the face of maternal antibody and still protect that calf for uh, down-the-road exposure, and that's, that's been a great learning. This has been a fascinating conversation. I appreciate, I've learned a lot in this one. Thank you so much. That's Dr. John Davidson. He is a Senior Associate Director, Cattle Professional Services at Bowringer, Bowringer Ingelheim. All right, we'll be back with more AgriTalk here in a moment. All right, thanks again to Dr. John Davidson from Bowringer Ingelheim for his insights into managing those respiratory diseases in cattle. Up next... Let's talk precision egg. Where are we at on the scale of development and implementation? Right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Markets are closed today, but last week we got a taste of some of the price volatility that can come in a low-volume environment, and it was a low-volume market. Open interest was declining in corn and SRW wheat futures, while open interest climbed in soybean futures. Large speculators are still long corn, but they are exiting those long positions into the end of the year. Traders have basically left the long side of the wheat market, and are showing a willingness to be short. Bean traders are on the long side, and the ongoing crop stress in Argentina and southern Brazil will likely keep traders on the long side into the start of the new year. There is no question position squaring will have a major influence on price action this week as traders square up the books. But if volume remains light, do not be surprised by some wide daily trading ranges as traders have to work harder to get those positions squared. If the expected rains in southern Brazil fail to develop, specs will be looking to add to the long positions in soybeans, and they may lose interest in exiting all of the long corn positions. And after the cold snap in the U.S. central and southern plains, traders will be wondering about the hard red winter wheat crop. It was in record poor condition heading into dormancy, and the risk of winter kill could quickly move sellers to the sidelines. Listen, I know it is tempting to give marketing a break at this time of the year, but I wouldn't turn off the price screens this week. Weather markets have a habit of turning on or off very quickly, so 
keep up your marketing efforts this week so that you don't start 2023 behind the curve on your risk management. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Welcome back to AgriTalk, and Merry Christmas. I'm your host, Chip Flory, the newsman. Davis Michelson is here. Davis, yes. So, please, please Mm -hmm. tell me. That you've got a little more Christmas cheer in your bag of tricks over there. Thanks to the AgriTalk Men of Song, we've got a Christmas classic reimagined. Parmesan is well and good. Asiago bakes my bread. Provolone, let's have some cheese steaks. Grilled cheese, that's American. Mac and cheese or cheesy mac. You can stuff it in a sack to celebrate with you. All I want for Christmas is Agritalk Man of Song. Reimagine Agritalk Man of Song. That's beautiful. You know, if I if I could, being from Iowa, Uh can I Uh put in a special request to get the Maytag blue cheese? Uh, Absolutely, we can do that. We can do that. Shout out to the dairy folks, you know. Yeah, and they just went down a litany of cheeses that are available during the holiday season and all year round. That was really Gouda. For <laughs> it, it really was. I look at I, you uh, getting I, into the spirit of queso. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's fantastic! Good work by the what is it? The the, the Agritalk Men of Voice, Agritalk Men of Song. Um, we've men had them song, on staff yes. this whole time, and I, you yeah. know, and I in July, I says, guys, what what are we even paying you for? You know what do you what do you do around so here? So they and started cranking this stuff out. They started cranking them out, and nice. once they got rolling, you just couldn't stop them. It's a beautiful. That's right. Thing. That's right. All right. You know, talking about rolling and not being able to stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, precision agriculture. Where are we on the implementation scale? Let's find out from John Deere's Matt Olson. Precision agriculture has been around for a while. Doesn't mean that we're done with the development and the implementation out there in the field. And Matt Olson is the marketing manager for Precision Ag at John Deere. He joins us right now. Matt, it's good to talk with you. Good to talk to you, Chip. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. Uh, You said that you've been with Precision Ag at John Deere for 16 years now. It's hard to believe that we've been working on this technology for that long. You know, the crazy thing is, Chip, is we're approaching 30 years of Precision Ag at at John Deere. I've been in it the last 16, and it's crazy to think about the change that we've all, as as an agricultural community, have worked through and the exciting future that we all continue to see. Yep. Is there more in front of us or behind us when it comes to precision egg technology? Definitely our best times are in front of us. <laughs> okay. So where do we go from where we stand today? 
to me, the, the key thing that, that we are going to continue to build on a solid foundation. You know, we talk a lot about the future, and right now with the autonomous launch that we talked about at the Consumer Electronics Show, yeah. you know, we've really brought the reality of autonomous machines to, to head. Yeah. And so it's really taking that focus on the future. But the key thing is, is that for us to be successful with fully autonomous machines, is that we've got to have a really solid foundation that that is going to build on. And so as farmers are looking for this in their operation or not, I would really challenge them to say, what is your five-year plan to make sure that you're prepared for what's next? Yeah. So when when you do talk with farmers about what is next, what's at the top of their list? What 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 are they hoping for? You know, the key thing, Chip, that every farmer is constantly managing and probably more importantly now than ever before is the bottom line. You know, we've had strong markets, but we also know the strength of the costs of inputs. And so when this market makes a, makes a, a, a change that yeah. we know it will be, yeah. um, we got to make sure that we're positioned today for that inevitability. So when it does happen, we are ready to execute on that. Our farm is, is tight, and, and we are going to continue to succeed. Okay. The technology that's out there in the field right now, what's the greatest value that it brings to an operation? To me right now, the key value is driven by precision and control. When you talk to farmers, auto track and section control continue to lead the way in bringing value to the bottom line. We've all experienced the overlap savings, the reduction of inputs that we've put down on the field, and not to mention, how do we quantify the less stress at the end of the day? Yeah. And so we're going to take that foundation, and as we work towards that fully autonomous system, we're just going to have more and more automation, really, that puts us in a point, Chip, that we are actually saying, take me out of the cab, Matt. Yeah. This machine is doing what it needs to, is doing it right. Why am I still sitting here? And when we look at those 30 years, we've been starting that journey back all the way back then, pretty much with automated guidance when that machine started automating itself. And it's just been a continual journey that we're on that now we're at that future where customers are saying, you know what, for my farm, I don't want to be there. But farmers that do want to remain in the cab, they can still take advantage of a lot of these automation opportunities. Okay, very cool, very cool. The data that's being collected out there in the field right now, is it, is it, being, is it being underutilized? Chip, um, you and I both know the answer to that question, so I thank, uh, thank you for asking me. And I know as we're sitting here smiling back and forth at each other is that we all know that we can do a better job of using the data. Yeah. And right now when we look back at the bountiful harvest that many of us have been blessed to, to receive, we're looking at saying we've got this yield data. But when we look at ourselves in the mirror, how many of us are actually looking at that yeah. with a, a magnifying glass and saying when we look at 22, what worked well and what could be better? Yeah. Because there's no matter how great things are going, they could always be better. And there is a story to be told with that data. Are you listening? Yeah. Is it? Is it the machines? It can the machines interpret the data to do more efficient work in the field? Real time interpretation of the data. You know, 
I, so I could, so yes, I mean, those automated machine functions are happening because of technology. Combine Advisor, for example, uses artificial intelligence. So it's got sensors, cameras, yeah. looking at those adjustments that it needs to take to maintain a, a quality of performance. So those are technologies right here and right now that it's saying I'm going to make adjustments on. If you look at a, a sprayer. Yes, that's, that's exactly where I wanted to go next. E exactly. Yeah. And so whether you look at exact apply, yeah. which is technology that, that makes adjustments to, to droplet size, to, yeah. to make sure that we're getting the right amount at the right speed to get the right coverage. Or if you accelerate into the real exciting current product around sea and spray ultimate yeah. and being able to make decisions relative to, is that a weed? Is that crop? If it's a weed, I'm going to apply. If there's no weed and like crop, I'm not going to apply up to 60% savings. So these are systems making decisions like we and as humans want to, yeah. but their brains just work at many, many, many thousands of times yeah. a second that, that we could just never aspire to do. And so that's where we've got to work hand in hand as humans in technology to again, make sure we're doing the best. Yeah. So as I look at Precision Ag and, and watch the progression, the, the next two, three years, maybe longer, feels like a, a, a sprayer generation for Precision Ag. You know, there, there's definitely a lot of focus there. Um, if, to your point is when we kind of look in the, the, the history books, yeah. we, 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 we still continue to innovate in the planting space. Yeah. But the, the sprayer space is, is the, that next opportunity that we're continuing to accelerate innovation within Sea and spray um, is a is a great example of where that innovation is taking place. Um, and if sea and spray isn't right for your farm, um, there's other technologies that'll work for other farmers to make sure that they're going to get the most from the equipment that they have. Well, but when you were talking about a sprayer making some on-the-fly adjustments to droplet size and everything, yeah. all I'm thinking is that that machine is making decisions to make the product that's flowing through it work that much better for you. That's exactly right. These farmers are paying a lot of money for a lot of great products in the industry. Yeah. And how you apply that product is directly correlated to how well it's going to work. And so when you look at exact apply, getting that droplet size to make sure that that appropriate coverage is realized, to make sure that that target is eliminated, I mean, these are all key things that we're not just developing technology for technology's sake. There's a, a huge return on investment, and that's what customers that we're working with day in and day out are telling us, help us solve these challenges, because those are the things that are going to tighten up my bottom line. It's fantastic, Matt. Let's stay in touch. This is this stuff just intrigues me, and there is, there's, there's been money saved, and I, there's going to be money to be made in the future by adopting this technology. Absolutely. We're, this journey isn't over no. in, in a lot of ways. Um, we're just getting started. Yep. Absolutely. Matt Olson, Marketing Manager for Precision Ag at John Deere. All right. Thanks again to John Deere's Matt Olson. Man, you can tell that he is really fired up about some of the things that are coming down the pipeline on the Precision Ag front. Part of the reason is because of this new ESG economy that we're dealing with. Let's talk 
next to the people at UPL and find out how they are working with companies that are heavily vested in the ESG economy. That's next on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Good morning, I'm Chip Flory. I'm Davis Michelson. And I'm producer Joe Stackler. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas from Talk. Welcome back to Talk, Davis. We don't have a lot of time left in yes. this segment, but before we get to our guests, I've got to ask for another shot of Christmas cheer. Santaflation. Please bring down my inputs costs. Santaflation, before all of my profit is lost. Santaflation, cause mama needs a new pair of shoes. The Agritalk Men of Song for you, Chip. You know, it really couldn't have been a better setup right there. It really couldn't have been because we're talking about sustainability. And living with and taking advantage of an ESG environment, uh, it's something that we should all be thinking about. Let's learn more about it from the folks at UPL. Joining us now, Craig Breckis, North American head for UPL. Craig, just let's learn a little more about UPL. Tell us about the company. Uh, UPL, we're an Indian-based company. We've uh, been around for 50 years. I mean, a lot of a lot of the community would know us as a generic. Uh, provider over a number of years but I you know we've over the last couple of years have invested heavily and um, we're all about building a sustainable agriculture solutions today through our purpose of of open egg sustainability reimagined all the way from seed to harvest um, you know we're, we're looking at changing the game and I, I think how we look at that through that purpose open innovation Open collaboration is very different uh, in the marketplace today. That that's an ambitious goal, changing the game and, and all that. How are you going about it? Who's who are you kind of using as your directors in all of this? The growers. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, um, we flip it around. You know, in terms like our our purpose, open egg, is it's it's a collaborative approach. And it's also an innovative approach, but it's it's looking. We've identified core crops like corn and soybean, for example. They're important, you know, and there, there's certain challenges, weed resistance. There's also certain challenges around production, 
you know, on that side of it. And so we've identified certain things that we feel that we can impact. And then from our standpoint, we're not heavily invested in discovery research. So our, our philosophy is to go out and really ex explore partnerships. And so we have a, a many partnerships through the globe. Um, we look at technologies and then we connect those two. And so we have an open ag center here in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's a global uh, center. And so we look at those technologies. In the last year, we've looked over at 100 technologies. We're moving forward with 25 that we feel have a great fit for uh, addressing some of the challenges that growers are facing in the U.S. What are those? Now, I'm gonna I'm just gonna back up here just just a bit. How does the sustainability effort, as you talked about from the get-go here, you went there immediately. How much of a role is that? How much of an influence is that in what UPL does every day? Um, it, it's 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 certainly significant. Like you know, but it's different than probably what you're thinking, Chip. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we look at sustainability in a lot of different ways. It could be economical. It could be profitable. But one of the things that's very unique about UPL is we're backwards integrated. We're we're we are a company that's invested heavily in capacity over the last ten years. And so, you know, we're able to supply the market. You know, when you know, to think about the supply chain challenges over yep. the last year, yep. we've actually fared very well, you know, to make sure we're meeting the needs of growers. And so when you think about sustainability, that's part of it. Yes. You know, absolutely. at the end of the day, we're we're starting from that foundation. What's changing for us is that we're taking that strength and now we're looking at building the team and R&D and technical and resources to differentiate at the same time, to address challenges out there, not just provide post-patent solutions, but address these challenges. We've launched a new division, Natural Plant Protection, which is all about biological solutions over the last 18 months. You know, look at how we can connect all of those um, uh, solutions together in a crop approach, meeting the needs of growers. You know, what you're really talking about there in this, the sustainability effort is being a reliable supplier. You, you've got, if if you can't be that, you can't be part of the solution. Correct. I mean, it's, it's, it's a foundation. I think everybody would say the economical foundation of sustainability is important. We often gravitate towards environment. We often gravitate towards biological, but there's a lot of pillars to sustainability. And I think that that's what's unique about UPL is I feel like our... Our purpose is grounded in reality. Outstanding. What's the best opportunity that you've identified in North America? Well, I, I will tell you that um, we're quickly we're quickly moving forward. We're over the next 24 months. We're going to be launching over 50 brands in across Canada and the U.S. You know, in eight or nine crops. And so we're, you know, biologicals, probably about 15 biologicals, whether it's biocontrol, biostimulant. But I think that one of the most important opportunities is certainly, and as an example, is we're launching Preview. You know, it's a, it's a new herbicide in, in soybeans. It's going to change the game in terms of growers giving them a resistance manage, management on water hemp. It, it offers a, a stronger tool. It's liquid. 
uh, it's going to be more user friendly, and it's actually a, a new, a very unique formulation. That's only, it's going to give all, uh, more residual, but also more crop safety for in those uh, for growers in those lighter soil zones. So that's that's one example of a really important tool and innovation that's bridging off of so, some of the technology that we had in the post patent space. This is interesting, really fascinating stuff. Uh, appreciate your time, Craig, very much. Well, thank you. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity. Outstanding. Thank you, Craig. That is Craig Breckis from UPL with some interesting perspective on dealing with the ESG economy. All right. Merry Christmas to you all. Please come back this afternoon. I'll have some thoughts on the markets. And we've got a conversation with former USDA Secretary, Undersecretary, Greg Iboff. Uh, Minnesota farmer Pat Duncanson and Trey Hill from Harbor View Farms in Maryland will be our guests this afternoon. We're going to cover a lot of ground. Hey, from Davis, from me, we wish you a very happy, very Merry Christmas. We're going to be back with live shows tomorrow. And, you know, we've got to get things set up for the new year, and we'll be doing that all week right here on AgriTalk.